You may have heard about the Port of Albany's plan to build a wind turbine factory on Beacon Island, just south of Albany. Well, wind power is great, and we certainly need to look for alternatives to fossil fuels, but there are a number of red flags about this particular project. First, the port was given a waiver to build in the 100-foot buffer zone surrounding the tidal portion of the Normanskill. Then, they clear-cut 80 acres without a proper permit. They are filling in wetlands and dredging the Hudson River. But that's not all. They are building it on an island made of toxic coal ash. I'm here with Sylvia Rowland, who is a neighbor of the Beacon Island Project, living a mere 1,400 feet from the project. And uh, thank you for speaking with us, Sylvia. Well, thank you for asking me to speak. So uh, tell me about the coal ash issue on Beacon Island. Um, so uh, we, we bought our house just a little over two years ago and had no idea that there was plus or minus two million tons of coal ash deposited on the island between the years of 1950 and 1970 or 1974 or 1976, depending on what report you're, you're looking at. Um, and when the port... Um, clear-cut Beacon Island with a, with a letter of limited uh, permission from the DEC, it was clear to see that there wasn't dirt down there. There was some, something sitting on top of the dirt. And that's when we first discovered that it, the, we first discovered the coal ash deposition and then dug into it to see what is coal ash, what are the dangers of coal ash, how much is there, um, are there any records around um, coal ash being there. So what is coal ash? Uh, so very, very good question. So coal ash is sort of a summary term for uh, the byproduct of um, burning coal. So it is fly ash, which is the uh, light ashy sort of uh, material that's that's that is a result of burning coal. There's also bottom sledge, which is this thicker, heavier. Um, material that's left behind. There's also the debris that goes up the chimney or up the smokestack and they use a lime um, sort of uh, cleaning approach to bring that out of the out of the um, smokestacks to keep it from um, being deposited essentially into the air and so all of those things together make up what we call coal ash, what the federal government calls carbon um, combustion re residuals. And why is it there? Um, so in, in 1950, plus or minus 1950, the um, Albany steam plant burned coal to produce energy for the area. And um, they brought in, we, we have some, there's, there's at least one individual who actually delivered coal um, to the plant that said he delivered over an eight-month period of time while he worked at, uh, with the CSX trains, he delivered 33,000 tons a week. So they burned a lot of coal and produced quite a bit of coal ash. About 12% of the residual of burning um, coal is coal ash or all of the composite materials that make up coal ash. Um, so it was used to create energy and amazing history. Um, there were five islands there in, before 1950. And before the coal ash was dumped there, dredging from the Hudson River was dumped in the channels around the islands. There were petroleum wastes dumped there. Um, and then for two and a half decades, there were, uh, was coal ash dumped there, and it was, there was no place else to dump it. It's a hot product, so they dumped it in the channels around the islands. So this was uh, before the Environmental Protection Agency, 
but there had been some something about classifying coal ash as something. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so through the 50s and 60s and 70s, I think it would be fair to say that they knew that it was potentially a dangerous product, um, but there was no label for it. There was no scientific research behind it. Um, but in 2008, in Kingston, Tennessee, there was a failure of a surface impound. It's a pond that that uh, coal company or coal burning plants use now to dump all the coal ash in to to contain it to keep the fly ash from from being free to fly. There was a break in their dam, and the materials in this in this um, surface impound, it's called a slurry. The slurry spread for hundreds of feet up to up to a couple of miles and just covered the area with billions of tons of debris. And so what happened after that is they called a crew in to clean it up. The crew had on full fallout gear and in masks and respirators. Um, and it, it took several years to clean up. And I think it's probably still, I think we could argue that it's still not cleaned, but they came back years later having um, illnesses relative to, to ingestion of toxic material. And so the DEC took a hard look then at what coal ash was and the dangers of coal ash and discovered um, that there are these heavy metals, that when the coal ash um, interacts with water, the heavy metals dissolve out and then become subatomic particles that are free in the water, free in the air. Um, and the most dangerous one, I think everyone would agree, is arsenic. Um, it tends to be the main ingredient of toxic, the toxic metals associated with coal ash, and it's, um, it's found actually in all of the water testing, groundwater testing um, on Beacon Island. Arsenic was found above state and federal requirements, as were other. Uh, there was uh, mercury, zinc, cobalt, lead, <laughs> boron, lots of chemicals were found um, as to have contaminated the waters. So the groundwater, the water table on Beacon Island is at the surface. So the coal ash is constantly mixing with groundwater and creating literally that toxic um, soup. Well, why has the DEC allowed this project to get this far? New York State doesn't recognize coal ash as a hazardous material. And that relates back to the 2008 spill. Through that investigation period, the Environmental Protection Agency in 2015 advanced legislation that its intent was to identify coal ash as hazardous material. Coal companies were so powerful at the time that negotiations had to be made. And the EPA, from what I understand from the lawsuit that is currently being brought about the brought against the EPA, and we can talk about that in a second, that the pressure was so great that the negotiations, the EPA lost some of its enforcement um, power and um, the hazardous waste label um, was negotiated out. What is the Port of Albany proposing to do about this coal ash issue? What they have proposed in their soil management plan is to implement um, strategies that were used in 1970. And they can do that because New York State has not adopted the 2015 EPA CCR, the, the uh, coal combustion residual uh, legislation. So they're proposing to use a 1970s strategy for capping in place, which involves two feet of soil on top of the, of the coal ash. And the DEC is supporting that. They sent a, 
they made a communication with the port saying they would be willing to accept a 1970 strategy. And the interesting thing about 1970 strategy is it didn't solve the problem in 1970, nor did it solve the problem in 1980. Yet has to solve the problem today. So, um, yeah. So it's so it's an interesting offer. So Sylvia, what, what what do you propose as a, a solution to this problem? So what we what the the advocacy group has said all along is right project, wrong place. The issue with coal ash is that um, the the presence of the groundwater in Beacon Island does not suit a um, a cap in place. Um, and as a matter of fact, the 2015 C CRA rules will not allow a cap in place when groundwater is contaminated. We know that the groundwater is contaminated because um, Atlantic Testing Laboratories, Inc. Did, did soil and water tests in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021, and every time they tested, the water was contaminated and talk about how to contain this, to bring in coal ash experts and talk about containment. But the, the, there's pros and cons with removal of coal ash. Personally, the biggest problem with, with the removal is that it takes the problem someplace else and it becomes someone else's problem, right? So there may be a landfill if you pay them enough money that would take it, but the people around the landfill would not it would not be a safe situation for them. So bring smart people together and talk about it. And there does seem to be some evidence, although nothing is 100% effective, that an entire encapsulation um, is the best thing you can do because you put a you put a cap on top and they're going to put on top of the cap, they're going to put tons of fill um, because they have to raise the level of the building above the highest high level of the flood. 100-year flood level, so um, you still have exposed below that the stratigraphy of the Hudson River, or the bank of the Hudson River is going to allow the beautiful estuary, the beautiful tidal flow, or the, the beautiful scrubbing that's going to happen is going to bring water in and out underneath to where the, the coal and the water are in contact. So it's not a safe answer. Um, it will slowly and, and into perpetuity run toxins into the Hudson River, into the groundwater, and eventually into wells and et cetera. It's done that in hundreds of places in the United States. Not sure why Beacon Island would be any different. So if people wanted to learn more about this issue, uh, how would they get in touch with you? We have a Twitter site at Beacon underscore Justice. Um, we have a website that is um, Beacon Island Environmental Justice. Um, and I would welcome people to email me at sylviarollins54 at outlook.com.